1: Welcome to the Circuit of Success Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and I am here with Jim Edmonds today. Jimmy, how you doing, my friend? Good. What's up? How much, man? How are you?
0: I'm good. Just happy to be back in the loo here for a little bit. Absolutely. And uh, welcome you to, uh, I guess, pick my brain a little bit. Absolutely.
1: Huh? We're, uh, we're here in Jim's house. Got a beautiful house. Got some gold gloves. Uh, learned some stuff about some gold gloves today, so that was cool. Uh, but man, thanks for being here. I know you're a busy man and uh, baseball season's coming up. So you're doing how many games this year?
0: About 40 to 45 right now. Okay. And then a few studio appearances. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, well, awesome. Well, you're doing a good job of that. So I uh, look forward to that. So anyway, man, just if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about who Jim Edmonds is. And uh, I think we all know, but just you know, kind of what, what, what it was like growing up and uh, what made you the man you are today.
0: You know what? Just a normal guy like everyone else. I think uh, growing up as a kid. Um, playing sports just like a kid, and doing things you know growing up in a uh, with a single father and I think he did a really good job of kind of not pushing too hard and allowing me to be myself and also making sure I got to where I needed to get on time and um, was there for me so you know growing up playing little league, playing football, playing a little bit of soccer, uh, just like in every every other kid, and then um, just kept pushing with it and I practiced a lot. Uh, practiced baseball more than I practiced anything else. And uh, over time, just got a little bit better, started to grow late in life, and then uh, ended up getting drafted out of high school and uh, and kind of moving forward. And then I really didn't understand the game too much until I got about double A. So it was probably about 22, 21. Right. Uh, and things just started to really click. I put on 50 pounds since high school, and uh, things went on from there.
1: That certainly didn't hurt.
0: Yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt to get in shape.
1: What uh, what would you say growing up? I mean, now, and you and I have talked about this before, but just kids and the way the sports are today and these select teams and travel teams and all that stuff. I mean, what were you doing as a kid baseball-wise? Were you just normal Little League or what was going yeah, on Yeah, pretty
0: much normal Little League. Um, it's weird here in St. Louis that we don't have Little League. I don't, I don't understand that at all. I don't know why um, that is in some cities and not in others. Um, played normal Little League. But I did play select soccer because, at a certain level, uh, at soccer, the little league version of soccer is AYSO. And uh, maybe that just wasn't enough. So we had a little bit of a traveling team, but it wasn't hectic. You know, it was normal. Played on the weekends, practiced during the week, and that was it. We didn't travel and go crazy with tournaments. We played in a few, but mostly kind of around town and uh, in, in the remote area. So you know, just like I said, it, it's different in California than it is here, but uh, I was allowed to play all my sports. Soccer was first, then um, baseball, and then football, so um, I think that's what molded me into being a good athlete.
1: Right, right, because you didn't focus on one sport and tear your body up and all that stuff, which seems like that happens a lot today.
0: Well, I think getting burned out um, is one. Yeah. I think footwork is, is crucial, um, Is is basically your foundation of what it takes to be an athlete, and... You know, there's not a lot of footwork in baseball. There really isn't. I mean, I think that if I was to compare my life and how good of shape I was in, baseball would come in last. Um, And football would be first and then soccer. But I think all of those different sports kind of got me to become a little bit more rounded athlete and, and it helped me in the long run.
1: Yeah, I saw something, Urban Meyer from Ohio State, when they won the title a few years ago, I think it was something like 72 of his 74 players were multiple sport athletes
0: yeah i think that's that's huge yeah.
1: so walk us through what's what's draft day like you're in high school you're a 17 18 year old kid and you get the call what happens
0: you know what draft day is not it was not anything like it is today i was just sitting in social studies class and my coach my coach actually walked in and said you got drafted by the california angels and i said what does that mean um so uh you know it wasn't it wasn't on TV. It wasn't really publicized. It was just a draft, and they would call you and let you know after you know the day was over, and I didn't really know what that meant. I meant that I had to make a choice between college and, and baseball, and I was 17 years old and wasn't turning 18 until the end of June, and I was going to be done with high school and, and on into minor, the minor league system before that happened. So I took a couple of weeks to try to figure it out, and I finally signed, and off I went.
1: The rest is history. Yeah. So walk us through now you, uh, you go through single a and double a and triple a and all that stuff. And you were, what were you about four years, five years in the,
0: five years, a year of kind of off and on injuries. Um, I had a knee surgery early on. It kind of hurt me a little bit, but yeah, about five solid years, a half a year in double a, a year and a half in triple a, I went, got called up. And then I think that going back, I was only 22 going back to triple a was really helpful playing a whole year at that level. Um, and were they there's,
1: nice to you when they called you up, or they play some tricks on no, you? No, they, they were you? nice.
0: And back in the old days, I think that, you know, they left you alone as long as you were smart enough to keep your mouth shut and, and kind of do your job. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the uh, in the big leagues. But uh, we had a pretty, pretty good team, a lot of veterans, and, you know, I just tried to do everything I could to blend in and just play.
1: Yeah. So, um, one of the questions I wanted to ask is, um, looking at baseball now and, and over your career, you played a lot of great players, obviously. So Blair Russell's a guy I know. And and he was asking, he said, can I ask a question about the, the nine players that you would have on your team? So obviously you're, you're the center fielder. Who else is on your team?
0: Me? Yeah. Oh, wow. Shoot. It's, it's, that's a hard one. Um, I think I would have to put Albert Pujols at first and Scott Rowland at third. If I had my choice, um, I'd probably go with Edgar Renteria at short. And I'm just going to go with guys I played with because right, it's right. easier because I don't really know the personalities. Um, one of my favorite second basemen of all times was Mark Rezalonic, and He wasn't here very long, yeah. but the reason I would pick him is because he was athletic. He could play multiple positions, but he could run, he could hit, he could on base, he could steal bases, and he was great on the defensive side too, so um, it's a toss-up between Matheny and Yachty. And uh, the outfield, I think the outfield's hit and miss because there's so many good players, but no one was really great and just had really good teammates. So right. um, I'd love to have J.D. Drew in his prime yeah. and, and, and really loving baseball and not kind of just like not really having it as a job. And then uh, in left field, I don't know, that'd be a tough one. I think left field's always the weirdest position yeah. for... for professional sports or for baseball so I don't know I would throw a bunch of guys out there Reggie Sanders and um, good teammates people that just were there and 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 willing to work hard and I'd go with probably a guy like that or Ray Langford
1: yep Ray Langford it was a good one what um, let's talk about the mental side of baseball so obviously you get to the um, to the the highest level possible in sports and in Major League Baseball one time you told me around the golf course and you said that the hardest thing is actually to stay there so to walk through that. What's the mental mindset got to be like in the off season during the season?
0: Well, I think that just complacency can't settle in. You can't be excited to be there and just get there and and, and try to status quo basically just hang on. I think you still have to work hard and and show everyone that you're going to work hard, uh, and you got to work hard in the off season. It is a twelve month job, and it is five to six days a week during the course of the off-season that you have at least three or four hours a day you have to dedicate to the game. And uh, it, it's it's amazing how much work you put in in the off-season that people don't see and right. how much time you spend at the stadium that people don't understand, talking about getting there at 1 o'clock in the afternoon to lift, to do some extra hitting. Sometimes you're out there at home playing, uh, working on your defense. And it's not just at the minor league level. It's even at the big league level. So, you know, I would get out there probably two days a week at least, at about three o'clock at home, and hit for an hour or a half hour with a couple other guys, just to try to get better and just to try to keep my swing. And um, you know, it's it's it, it to be an athlete, you got to be relentless, and right. that's something that um, you know you have to be tough, and but you got to be relentless and want to get better.
1: So even in the off season, are you, you got a glove in your hand the whole time, or is it more? I, physical? I d-
0: yeah, I don't throw until after the first of the year, so it gives me a good four or five weeks to play catch, which you, really is all you need. <clears throat> you get so much throwing during spring training that you just want to be ready and not get hurt but it's mostly weightlifting and running and trying to work on conditioning as far as just getting stronger and working on a little bit of quickness and then you slowly like I say the first of the year start hitting so I'm I've got a good four to six weeks of of hitting and throwing after I've worked on trying to get stronger that's before spring training and that's building from what you tore down from the year before
1: so what did you do mentally? I mean, you've got, and we'll talk about some of these uh, plays uh, in a minute, but what what are some of the things you did mentally? You're sitting out there, you're in center field, and we're well, not sitting, you're standing out there in center field, and games on the line, was it just natural? What made you become, in my opinion, uh, the, the greatest defensive uh, center fielder in the game, or was it something mentally you did to get prepared to make some of the catches that we've all seen?
0: Well, it's a little bit of both, I think. Uh, mentally you have to just stay in the game and you know what the one thing about defense is you have to want to be good Uh, that's something that I think people take for granted I think if you stand out there and watch the game and not have your head in the game you can play defense but I don't think you're going to play it at a high level and so I paid attention when I was at home watching Sports Center. I paid attention when I was listening to the pitchers talk and the catchers talk I paid attention to how we were going to pitch people Um, and then I kind of just did my own thing but like I said it's it's more of a to be successful in anything you gotta want to be successful and even more so in baseball on defense because it's just you are out there by yourself and no one can help you but yourself
1: right so when you hear the word successful or success in general what what comes to mind for you?
0: Hard work, uh, relentlessness I, I just think that um, you have to have a goal or a drive or a, a direction um whatever it may be. Um, it's something I'm still trying to experience on the business side mm-hmm. because I'm an athlete. And so I think athletics came really easy to me, and it's easy to turn it up a notch. So when you have to find a new job or something new, it's kind of hard to fit in. And then before you can turn it up, it's just like, okay, what am I doing here? Right. So um, I think that su- yeah, successful uh, is definitely hard working, but going in a direction that's in a straight line to get to the end point.
1: And so, again, I'm, I'm a big guy on this mental preparation stuff. So what, what did you do in the offseason or even during the season uh, on that mental mindset? Were you, you know, like I'm a guy, I like to journal, I like to have my goals in front of me. Were you a guy that wrote down goals and looked at those? Or were you just kind of work my butt off and go out and make it happen? No,
0: I, I just went on feel and memory. Um, I never really wrote down a whole lot. A lot of guys write down stuff about pitchers and it works for them. But uh, I just went off feel. How I, I thought how I felt was most important not how the pitcher felt. So I when I left the season, I knew kind of what I needed to work on. I had a routine that I pretty much used every year that was successful, that worked. Um, and I just really did it. I really didn't um, stray from it at all. I really just stayed on this path. And I knew that if I did everything the, the way that I had been doing it in years in the past, that it would work. And I, I believed in that.
1: So you just really focus on the, the process and the little things that would amount to them. The, yeah, and the, the process
0: and the little things are sometimes going into the batting cage and literally for the first week and a half just hitting every single pitch to left field. Hmm. And I mean, to be able to do that without one time trying to hit a home run or one time, one time trying to pull a ball it is extremely tough. And people kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? But I had a process and each stage was a, a, took some time. And that got me ready and, and kind of taught me how to hit.
1: So it's basically muscle memory and just knowing how to slap it across. You know, yeah, I mean,
0: anyone can go out there and just swing the bat and kind of not know what they're doing. So I figured I wanted to do something with a purpose.
1: Right. Um, so on the circuit of success, you know, I've talked about this. The, the, the left is attitude. Top left is attitude. So talk to us about attitude, uh, what that means in your life and so on.
0: Well, I think, you know, what you say about attitude is just basically your, your attitude is the positiveness that you have to have to want to be something or somebody. Um, if you don't have that, if you don't care, you're never going to, it doesn't matter how smart you are. If you don't care, um, I, I just don't think you'll have that drive. And, and drive is like, to me, is attitude. Attitude is, a, is a, a thing that you basically possess to drive you in a direction. And if you don't have a little bit of that swagger or attitude or, or kind of deep down um, in your bones, idea of, the, of driving to be somebody, then you're just going to kind of squander your abilities. And I think that, you know, when you say attitude, I think of all the other words that come with it, but it's right there at the top, I yep. guess, attitude.
1: Yep. So, and I'm assuming without naming names, you saw those guys in the locker room that may or may not have had that, that, you know, they had the talent, but they didn't have the passion for the process and the good attitude and all that. And then they just, they disappear. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, you look at a guy like Scott Rowland. if Scott Rowland doesn't get hurt, um, probably had the, most drive out of everyone that I've ever played with other than maybe Albert um to be good and then if he doesn't hurt his shoulder he's probably the best third baseman of all time wow um and, and you know I, and I say I hate to say something negative but a guy like JD Drew I think at the end of his career kind of just thought it was a job you know he was a great player he's a great kid I love him like a brother but I think it sometimes and, and we've all been there sometimes he'd just rather be at home uh, and, and just, you know, sometimes the stress of the game is a little too much right. for some people.
1: And you think that probably is what led to him having so many injuries?
0: I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes injuries are, or not taking care of yourself. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't think that he was like that. But, you know, he, JD was built. I mean, he was, he had everything naturally. Right. I uh, could run, he could hit, he could throw, he could play defense. So I don't know how hard he worked in the offseason. I'm sure he did. But a guy like that, you know, if you don't take care of your legs and take care of things, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. And, uh, not that that was his problem, but uh, you know, once you start getting hurt, it's it's tough to overcome. Yep.
1: And I think business and sports, there's a lot of parallels there, and we talk about that a lot. But what advice would you give our listeners that you know you, you had a tough night? Maybe you went zero for four, made a couple errors, uh, just had a bad game. Somebody has a bad presentation, a bad meeting, whatever you want to call it out there. How do they rebound? How do they get over the tough loss and and, and bounce back?
0: Well, they say you have to have a short memory, I think, and especially like for a closer you really just I mean you, you learn in baseball so much defeat it's kind of like I guess it would be like sales I mean not you're not you're not gonna make every sale and if you give up after your first couple knows I think you're gonna be defeated from you know jump street so you really just have to go out there and believe in yourself and and believe in the gift that you have and and the, and 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 basically you know persevere as far as wanting to do something it goes back to just being able to have that ability to want to be somebody special and you know short memory is putting the nose behind you and and, and just keep working forward to a goal
1: so where did you find your inspiration and motivation to, to keep driving and be as successful as you were as long as you were
0: i think there's just the fear of failure um basically i think that you know i liked my job um get paid well for it you know and that's the other thing being successful if you're successful it's something they're going to you know, you're going to find a way to make right. a good living. So, um, you know, fear of failure and fear of, I loved playing every day. I loved being uh, part of a team and I just thought every winter when I went home that if I didn't have myself together, that I wouldn't have a job. So I, I took it pretty seriously.
1: There's a lot of people in line for your job, right?
0: There's a lot of people in line for every job, right. I think. And especially in baseball, but uh, you know, I was, once you get there, I, I didn't want to give it up.
1: Right. Got to work harder. And you talked about the fears. I mean, that's one of the questions I ask every guest is how many of the fears you put in your mind is we, we kind of uh, make them much bigger than they really are. So how did, how many of them came true? Um, uh, they,
0: they don't really come true, but they're there every day. I think even when you're uh, on a hot streak and you're hitting 500 over a week, I think every day you go to the park, you're like, can I do this again? Uh, am I going to be able to keep this up for a longer period of time? And if I do, you know, you're going to turn into the player that you want to to be and I think that that fear drives you and motivates you to keep going out there and, and being serious and not just it's going on just five for ten so I can just take a couple of days off and relax but um I think that that same thing is like just being able to want to be able to produce day in and day out is, is was the fear for me
1: yeah you gotta want it what uh what risk are you happy that you took Jim
0: um I know a lot of risks that I'm I wish I didn't take <laughs> Um, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I, I think just, I don't know if I would say I ever took a risk in, in the game of baseball other than, you know, um, basically having no life. I mean, I took the risk of, I'm going to, you know, do this instead of going to the beach every day. Um, and that's kind of something that I missed out on, but something that was well worth it. I missed a lot of, a lot of times with my kids when they were young. Um, never got to take my oldest daughter to the beach until she was eighteen years old in the summer. Uh, things like that you you think back on. But I guess maybe that's the the risk versus the reward is if you're gonna be successful, you're gonna miss out on a few things in life. Right.
1: But I also think now you you're you know mid forties and now you get your time. You got a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, you got the a kids. lot of time
0: with the kids and uh, it's it's more special now than it ever was.
1: Right. That's great. And so would you say overall, were you surprised by your success or did you envision it?
0: No, I don't I, th- I think that once I turned to a certain age, I think when I when I was in the minor leagues, I was overmatched as a young kid, you know, I was 17 in rookie ball playing against 22, 23 year olds, uh, and then same thing next year, couple first couple of years. So I was overwhelmed. I was uh, I knew I was good, but I didn't know if I was going to be good enough to compete at that level and I, as soon as I got to the point where I thought, okay, I can do this, then no, this guy was the limit. I mean, I was surprised when I struggled, I think any good person any in any position would be more surprised that they struggle than if they do well because I think that's what you expect out of yourself. Right.
1: High expectations. For sure. Um, so we talked about attitude. Now let's talk about beliefs. What are some of the things that just to your core you believe in, I've got to do this, Jim Edmonds has to do this every single day to be successful?
0: Uh, well, first of all, you got to get up out of bed and, and want to do it. I mean, I think that, that even just a simple task, taking the kids to school, you know, that's kind of my job in the morning. And I got to believe that if I want my kids to be successful, they got to see that I'm up ahead of them, ready to go, um, and get them in gear. So they're not moping around and moping their way to school. And then just kind of being, um, positive going forward really just can't, I get, you know, I have the luxury to some days wake up and not want to do anything and go sit on the couch. But I know that those days are super unproductive. Right. Uh, and so, those days now are less and less and less for me and trying to figure out things and other ways to do things, be successful, you know, uh, maybe start another company or, or get involved with something that makes more money or that gives me something to do on the side for a little bit of a hobby. So there's a lot of things out there. I just don't know where I'm yeah. kind of going yet.
1: Well, I think it's one of the things I wanted to talk about. It's kind of what's the next step. I mean, you see a lot of athletes that they do. you guys retire at young ages, you made great money but it's kind of like now what, right? So what's the purpose for, uh, for you today?
0: Well, I think right now I'm going to concentrate on doing the broadcasting. And this year, last year I kind of coasted through it, didn't really understand it. And this year I think I'm going to take it, I mean, I'm going to, I'm taking it a little bit more serious. I'm, you know, really working now on studying a little bit more. <clears throat> it's a fine line because, you know, the, the way we do TV with um, Danny Mac and myself, he has, although he does all the work. I mean, he's incredible. And I really don't have that much to do. So I found myself last year kind of just sitting there watching the game and then just commenting a little bit. But I know that uh, if I just know a little bit more about each player, it'll give me more to talk about. Right. And so that's something I'm prepared to do this year. And even though it's really not my job, I think it'll just make the game a little bit more enjoyable.
1: Well, I think you know, I hear it all the time with people knowing we're friends is is, uh man, Jimmy's, you're really getting good at this. I really like it. They love your perspective on the game, right? Because Danny Mack, like you said, is is great at what he does, but he doesn't have the perspective you have of of the struggle or the success or any of that kind of stuff. So Yeah,
0: and his job really is the, to to call the whole game and tell you where the people are from and what they've done in the last month. My job was described to me as I'm talking about what's going on between the white lines at that particular time. Yep. And so I also would like to know a little bit more about the history and the background and yep. and things. And, you know, when you only do forty games a year, it's it's really hard to stay focused in on the other hundred and twenty two right. because uh I'm not watching every game. You know, I'm not in Saint Louis every day. You know, right. we, we travel, we do things with our kids. So it's really hard to just show up cold turkey and just like take over. So that's something I wanna work on this year. Yep.
1: And so then talking about the, uh, the activities again in your life to be successful, what are those? We talked about those, but w- what are the results now? What did you measure your uh, success by in results each year? You looked at it, was it obviously winning the World Series, and we'll talk about that, but what was it?
0: You know what? I, I don't really know if I ever set a goal. Obviously, you'd like to hit 300, but you're not going to be able to do that. 30 home runs are great. 100 RBIs are great. Um, being a good teammate, um, being there whether I was hurt or not, uh, doing things to help the team win each and every day to get to the goal of getting to the World Series. I think it was kind of a goal. Um, secretly, you kind of have your own personal goals, but they can't get in the way of the team uh, right. team effort. And so, I made sure that I did everything I could to see for my teammates to see that I was serious about winning.
1: What were some of your uh, best memories? You know, everybody's got their best memories of our of our favorite players. But when you look back over your career, what were some of your uh, highlights? And and I know one of them will be the World Series, and we'll talk about that. But any individual play or game or anything that happened. You no, know,
0: it's funny. Uh, I, you know, obviously the big the big highlights are always favorites. But I just I really enjoyed the whole thing. I mean the whole the whole ride was incredible. From you know, Being able to take a private jet on an off day to see a friend that I haven't seen in five years, to spend the day with someone like that and have the means to be able to do that and then go on the next day to uh, the city to play, to all the great plays and all the fun in the World Series, I think every little bit of that I appreciated and um, I still remember to this day. And so baseball brought that to me and um, you know, I'll always be around for baseball if, if it needs me.
1: You ever find, uh, just sitting on the back porch and just thinking, man, that just happened in my life. Like, does it ever hit you that you, you know, for us, and you probably get this all the time when you're out in public and it's, uh, one time you and I were at a Cardinal game and it was like, all these people are coming up to you, right? Just nonstop. Take my picture, take my picture, right? All this stuff. Do you ever just sit in the back and say, man. I'm I'm Jim Edmonds, and I, what just happened in my life?
0: Yeah, you know it's funny, it went so fast, it really did, I mean I think back, I guess it doesn't seem so fast, my first opening day in Milwaukee, it was like 20 degrees, and I was 22 years old, 23 years old, and just like a little kid, but I felt like I was a grown up and ready to go, and it just seems like it was so long ago, but yet the career goes by so fast, so yeah, it, it's weird, I still think of myself as just me, and I know I played baseball, and I know that people look up to me, but you know, I'm just a simple person, just like everyone else. And I try to live my life the way other people would, you know, live their life and be a role model for my kids, be there for my kids and, uh, you know, try to do the best I can in life.
1: Absolutely. Well, you're a good man. It's, uh, it's fun to watch and, and fun to see what you're doing in your world today. So what would you tell the 18 year old Jim Edmonds looking back now in your life?
0: Keep going. <laughs> Don't stop. Um, you know, whatever you think you're doing, maybe do a little bit more, take a little bit more serious. Um uh and save every penny that you can. Yeah. Because that's one thing that there's a lot of people out there trying to, you know, take advantage of athletes and, and and people in general, of just, you know, risky involvement between uh investments and other things and think really just get you know, get your work in, be smart about what you're doing and, and kind of keep yourself, keep your head down and going forward.
1: So October twenty seventh, two thousand six, where were you at?
0: uh i don't know was that the end of the world series yeah <laughs> it was yeah i was probably sitting on my couch at some point in that day um uh what a great So year. how's that
1: day so it's game uh i guess what would that have been game 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 six, game game six. yeah uh game six 2006 world series so you do you sleep that night before
0: um yeah i i never had a problem um sleep. well i guess i did have a problem sleeping but i never had a problem worrying about the next day uh, that's what they make um, alcohol for. Right, you have a couple exactly. of beers to wind down, a and, beers and yeah, it and then you go to sleep. But uh, you know, I, I never really worried about big games, and they never bothered me. And I love playing in them. I think if you think about it, um, the way I looked at it was the whole world was watching me about to do something special, and uh, or that's I had the to opportunity get. to do something special in front of the whole world. And uh, I think what the worst thing about the career that I had was going one for 11 in the 2004 World Series because the whole world had a chance to see me do something. And, you know, as a team and myself, we didn't do anything special. So um, that's the way I looked at it. Yeah. I, I thought in 2006 that we had a chance. Um, just go out there and shock the world, and we did.
1: Yeah, 83 wins, and uh, everybody got healthy. What a run. Yeah. what
0: what a what a miser- What a miserable year for six months, and what right. a hell of a ride for one month.
1: So that day you wake up, you kind of head to the ballpark, you, you get the, the swagger going, as you said, and, and you get there and then, it, you know, it happens, right? You guys win the world series. What's yeah. I mean, a blur. I mean, what's that? It's like? a, it was
0: a blur. Uh, you know, in that day, um, I had this, I had this, this motto as I got older that whenever we had a chance to clinch or win something, I wanted to do it that day. So, Whenever it was like magic numbers down to one, I was like, "Today's the day." Yeah. I walked in that day, and my whole attitude towards my team was, "Today's the day. Today's the day." So walking into the game when we're up three to one, um, I think if it wasn't three to two, yep. um, it was today's the day. We're today we're winning. Um, I know we were jumping up and down in the locker room when we went up to by uh, when we won the third game, and I said, "No, no, no. Tomorrow is going to be the day. Don't jump around today. You know we still have to win one more, but." today is the day we're going to do it and we're going to show everyone how good we are and let's just get it over with because you never know what could happen tomorrow
1: right right that's gotta be a great feeling so then that happens you guys uh you what's it like in the locker room when it's without the media without the stuff we all see what's that like crazy what you see with
0: the media is what you see without the media (laughs) it's it's mayhem it's uh just throwing down some beers yeah it's just throwing stuff everywhere and just jumping around it's like a little kid i think it's bizarre because you don't really know how to act. You've only seen it uh, on TV, right. so you just do what you do.
1: Kind of seen it in your mind, though, right? Yeah, for sure. Think about this: now, Were you a goggles? No goggles. <laughs> no yeah? goggles.
0: Those guys are a bunch of pussies. I can't stand <laughs> the goggles. It's That's it's awesome. en- it's an actually embarrassing to watch. Guys, but goggles on to spray champagne. Yeah. They might as well just take the champagne away and spray bottle. Right. Spray a bottle bottles or, of water. Yeah, for sure. from some Dasani yeah.
1: and uh, throwing on them. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. For yeah, those now guys. they get like the ski mask and stuff. You know, they're getting yeah. branded and everything.
0: Yeah, so. I'm. I'm definitely. Uh, I'm good for Oakley and those other companies that yeah. throw them some goggles. But I'm embarrassed for those players.
1: Absolutely. So what? Um, w- when you look at your life now and and you look back at your success what's what's the what's the next step right so you're going to be in the game you're doing the broadcasting all that stuff do you see ever getting in coaching or you kind of stay more on the outside and do i
0: think uh more on the outside yeah i really do i I still want to enjoy my life with my kids and if i coached i would never see my kids it's impossible um i don't even coach little league with my son i just try to work with him go be supportive and drive him to and from and uh you know, I don't want to get too far involved yet with him. I don't want to be hands on where I'm, you know, he's looking over his shoulder at me every time something's wrong. I told him last night at a baseball game, I said, every time you take a strike or you take a swing, you turn around and look kind of look around like who's watching. I was like, you're the only one out there that can do your job that day. So don't look for me for help during the game. Come after, you know, after the game's over and ask me what's wrong or what you did wrong. But, you know, you're out there by yourself. So Um, you know like I just want to be supportive and being a coach right now is definitely not an an option for me it's just away from home it's just too much work
1: do you do you worry about that for Landon do you worry about the fact that you know his dad is Jim Edmonds and there's a lot of pressure on him or no pressure
0: you know what I don't know I I I think that these kids as of right now as an 11 year old he doesn't have any pressure I think it's cool for him he thinks it's cool to be Jim Edmonds dad and he doesn't really feel the pressure I think he kind of just goes out there and and plays. And and the one thing that he has that I didn't have was he understands the game already from TV and apps and video games. And so he's got a knowledge of the game right now. It's a little bit higher than what I had uh, at that age. So it'll be interesting to see if he grows what he's going to turn into.
1: So when you hear the word vision, what comes to mind for you?
0: Kind of the same as we've been talking about. See yourself where you want to be. See... Uh, what can happen if you put the hard work in right. um, A vision of being somebody doing something, being successful, um, you know, mentally kind of putting yourself in a place a couple of years ahead of time of what happens if you work really hard, where you're going to get to.
1: How's the golf game?
0: It's not good right now because I haven't played, but you know, summertime's coming right. and that's when it has to step up a notch.
1: Nice. Any, any hole in ones you're going to get this year?
0: um you know what i'm just hoping i can maybe break 80 one of these days it's that's my goal but it, you know it's it's hard it, it really is to to play golf as you know unless you've grown up playing it, it is super impossible to get good unless you're playing it in a consistent basis and right. you know what i think i'd love to play golf every day but it's just not in the cards because yeah. of the kids so i'm doing what i can do to to balance both sides of my life
1: you want to talk about that day the hole in one the hole in one
0: yeah i guess it was kind of a blur myself i was thinking that it was like the next hole but i realized that it was about what 12
1: whole 12 yeah
0: yeah i was having a tough day i think that day and just like about every other day on the golf course and normally don't drink on the golf course but kind of moseyed on over to the halfway uh, shack after nine holes and somebody remained nameless was paying for (laughs) two shots of tequila for each person and uh We drank two shots of tequila, and two holes later, I had my first hole-in-one. So, uh,
1: If anybody knows, that's my brother-in-law. So people that know me, my (laughs) brother-in-law is buying shots of tequila for us. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Um, Got me a
0: hole-in-one, though. I appreciate it.
1: That's right. That was a fun day. So um, other thoughts? I mean, what are you doing now that people, uh, where where can we send more people your way? I know you got some stuff you're working on. Anything? uh, Um,
0: You know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just doing my thing on Fox. I have a company now. It's uh, K-Hall Designs. Um, we sell a lot of uh, personal um, candles and lotions. It's a company that I kind of invested in that's local here in St. Louis. Um, there are stores here in St. Louis uh, online. Those uh, we have a store in Frontenac Plaza, Frontenac Mall, and then another one on Manchester over by uh, McKnight and, and Brentwood. Um, but uh, it's just a business that I'm involved in now, and it's something I'm trying to learn and uh, take it to another level.
1: I like it man it's been an absolute uh, awesome time spending some time with you here today on the circuit of success podcast and uh, where can our listeners find you on social media
0: i am not on social media i am on instagram oh i'm, I'm not on twitter okay. i am uh, limited to instagram only and you don't have to follow me i'm not into that i'm just <laughs> having a good time I, I try to put some funny stuff out there for my friends and just jim Edmonds at uh an instagram and you might not like it, but you might. You never know.
1: I like it. That's what I like about you. Is just let it, let it rip. Let, her, let, it ride. let it rip. Well, I appreciate you being here, man. And uh, anything we can ever do for you, let us know.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the LineupMedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a
1: presentation of lineupmedia.fm.